Welcome to God's Planning, contemplative preachers, contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to God's Planning. My name is Father Patrick Barry Briscoe, and I am the host today. Oh, I took the power. <laughs> oh, no. I fomented a little revolution here, and I've cast Father Joseph Anthony out. Um, That's a- not really. He can be here with me. Hello, yeah, Father. we do. We're in this together, right? As as uh, right. say in a high school musical, we're all in this together. Yeah, thank you. Please don't sing. Um, <laughs> you'll drive. <laughs> you'll drive away our listeners. Do you remember in the novitiate how I was banned from choir practice because I couldn't sing? <laughs> now I was relegated. Yeah, I mean, I was just relegated to taxi service uh, for airport pickups in in light of the, my the fact that I couldn't improve my singing with choir practice. So they were like, "Hey, go be Uber for the other friars. It'll be great." If we let Father Gregory just sit here and sing, that would grow our audience because not only is he just a brilliant theological mind um, and incredibly articulate fellow, but he's also a very talented singer. It's true. It's very true. Father Jacob Bertrand and Father Bonaventure are also dope singers. Um, and you're not bad yourself. I'm the only one who can't well, carry a tune you. in a bucket. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You know, I didn't want to say like, I too am pretty good, but you know, thank you. Hey, I saw what you doing. You teed me up. I just cracked that sucker out of the park. Hey. Um, now, what's the status report down there in Charlottesville? Do you guys have your students back yet? Uh, they're starting to come back. Uh, so as as we record, the students are starting to return, and the plan is to begin classes on February 1st. So that was the plan they announced oh, okay. last fall, and they're holding to that. So that, that's, that's where we're moving, and um, students are starting to come back so that they can quarantine uh, with an appropriate time frame so that when classes begin, everybody's good to go. Nice. Uh, we're just like a week ahead of you. I didn't realize that. I thought that... You all were ahead of us. No. Wow. A little bit, little back pattery there from Providence College. Hey, hey, things are a little slower. Just uh, we take our time down here in the South, okay? Oh, very nice. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, neither COVID nor college students coming back to campus in times of COVID, nor the novitiate singers of the (laughs) profession class of 2011. Those are not the topics of today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about St. Joseph, the marvelous patron of the universal church, the Mm. most chaste spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, St. Joseph the Voster, Father of Christ and Father to us all. Okay, so St. Joseph, our universal patron, um, Father Joseph Anthony, I know you have like a great personal affection for yeah. St. Joseph. Um, you know, it's there in your religious name. Not everybody can take Mary, you know, in their religious name and that's okay. Some people take St. Joseph. So tell us a little about, <laughs> a little about your own devotion. Yeah, I have a, just a beautiful, uh, if I don't do say so myself, but I have a very, very strong devotion to St. Joseph going back to my time in college and his uh, kind of intercession and protection uh, uh, of me and and of my vocation. And he really mm-hmm. interceded and did wonders in removing a number of obstacles so that I could enter into the Dominican order Um which just happened to be the province of St. Joseph, right? And I remember getting the call from our vocation director that there were some major hurdles in my path towards um, entering the order. And he called me and said that those 
those hurdles and obstacles were removed and it was the vigil of St. Joseph. It was March 18th and I was driving back to college and I got that phone call and I'd been praying to St. Joseph to that if this was the Lord's will that he assist and make it happen and everything, all the stars aligned and, um, yeah, he, he helped to clear the path so I could enter. But when I was looking towards St. Joseph, where my devotion, I always just saw this deep, um, deep respect and, and love for him because it was to this man, you know, this, this man who, uh, was not perfect. He, he experienced, you know, original sin and to this man was entrusted the care of the immaculate virgin, the, the care of the incarnate word. And just kind of also seeing within that, um, the call to the priesthood that mm. within that is men who are called taken from, uh, among men to be made priests, but we are entrusted with a devotion to the Blessed Mother, but also with the Lord Himself in the Eucharist. And so, for me, the priesthood was very much a reflection of the life of Saint Joseph. And um, so, that's where kind of the the very core and central um, aspects are for me when it comes to my own personal devotion to Saint Joseph. So, yeah, yeah. As Father mentioned there, uh, as Father Joseph Anthony said our patron, the patron of our province is actually St. Joseph. And it's St. Joseph. Um, and we tend to understand that right as St. Joseph, the, uh, the spouse of the blessed mother, the most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary. Um, there are other titles of St. Joseph. For example, there's another Dominican province that is dedicated to St. Joseph as um, the patron saint of workers. So the mm -hmm. Nigerian mm -hmm. province, for example, is uh, the province of St. Joseph, the worker. But here we are, the province of St. Joseph dedicated to St. Joseph particularly um, in, in this way as, uh, as the spouse of the Blessed Mother and the head of the Holy Family. So here on the 150th anniversary of Blessed Pius IX's declaration uh, of St. Joseph as patron of the Universal Church, Pope Francis has called for a holy year devoted to St. Joseph. So from December 8th, 2020, last December, until December 8th of 2021, this December, the Holy Father is inviting us to look to St. Joseph, to grow in our devotion to him and to imitate his virtues and um, so, uh, so model his holiness, his zeal, his love of the Lord in our own lives. Uh, so what, is, what does that look like, uh, Father Joseph Anthony, this year? What are some marks of what, the, what this year to St. Joseph means? I think we can we can kind of take a step back and it's like, well, why why even do this? Like, what is this year of St. Joseph? And I remember the first time I was even made aware of these kind of like dedicated years uh, within the church was, I think, the year of um, year of the rosary that John Paul II um, instituted. Oh, yeah, and right. Yeah. And he gave us the luminous mysteries. I forgot That's right. that was a holy year. Hmm. That was a holy year. And I was like, that blew my mind. I was like, oh, okay. So we're focusing on the blessed mother and that to assist in our relationship with God. And then I remember things like the year of um, the year of the Eucharist. Uh, that was a really important uh, year as well. There is the, the year of the priest. There's a the year of St. Paul. So like, there's this kind of, uh, and that, I'm remembering from, from my own life, but it, it seems like there's this way to like take a moment and intentionally devote ourselves to some aspect of the faith, whether it's some figure that some saint that has gone before us that we want to um, dive into their life and, and imitate them or some aspect of the faith, like the Eucharist and to allow ourselves to take a period of time and intentionally 
um, deepen our experience and our um, connection with that particular mystery of our faith. And that's what I think these years are, is like a dedicated time to allow us to enter into the mystery of our faith in this one facet, and that's it. And so it's not undermining the rest of the uh, aspects of our faith by focusing on the rosary. We're not taking away the Eucharist and by focusing on St. Paul, we're not uh, taking away St. Joseph, right. but it's right. just a, like for this dedicated time, enter into this mystery from this perspective, the mystery of uh, the triune God. And so I, Pope Francis, when he wrote this encyclical letter, which I know was a shock to people, it, it was, it was unexpected. And he wants us to enter into the very life of St. Joseph, who was so close to the Son of God. And in this year, he, Pope Francis wrote about how this year of pandemic had, he's reflected time and time again and kept seeing the image of St. Joseph uh, throughout the world and the image of um, those suffering, those who are serving, those who are sacrificing. He kept coming back to this image of St. Joseph and saying, no, this is the man, this is the figure through which we can uh, grow deeper and closer to God in our present circumstances. So let's do this in a very intentional way over the next 12 months. Not accidental, not something that's just like, oh, this would be a good thing to do. But no, collectively, let's actually enter into kind of proximity with the Lord through the foster father uh, of the Lord on earth. So um yeah, the, these years are important because it, it helps us then to enter in um, to the mystery in, in a new way. So this year has a kind of spirit of jubilee, right? You know, I mentioned it's Pope Francis called for it to be this particular year because of the anniversary, the 150th anniversary of the um, Declaration of St. Joseph as patron of the Universal Church. So it has that kind of quality of an anniversary, a time of celebration, just like all jubilees do within the church. And because it's a jubilee, we get... Cash money, indulgences. indulgences. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Everybody loves everybody. Everybody loves a good indulgence. Uh, every, so the yeah. remission of the temporal punishments due to sin. Yes, um, it belongs to Holy Mother Church to accord this remission of the punishment which we incur in those times when we have failed in our Christian living. So. Uh, just a brief disclaimer. I feel like I'm going to read all the side effects, you know, in like a <laughs> some kind of drug commercial. So, in order to in order to fulfill a plenary indulgence that is full remission of these sins for one of those holy souls in purgatory, um, full remission of these effects of sin, uh, the conditions uh, of a plenary indulgence, the typical conditions apply. Right. So, uh, we have to have participated in a sacramental confession received Holy Communion and prayed for the Pope's intentions. Those are the three requisite conditions always for a plenary indulgence. So, so that has to be going on, you know, already in the background of our, our spiritual lives. And then if we, if we adopt these practices, we can obtain the plenary indulgence. Okay, so what are they? So during this year of St. Joseph, we're being encouraged to meditate for at least 30 minutes on the Lord's Prayer or to take part in a spiritual retreat of at least one day that includes a meditation on St. Joseph. So day of recollection about St. Joseph mm -hmm. or meditating on the Lord's prayer. Um, St. Joseph having fulfilled so perfectly in his life, those uh, dictates of the Lord's prayer. Okay. Another option is to participate in a spiritual or corporal work of mercy. So St. Joseph encourages us to, um, to rediscover the values of silence, prudence, loyalty, in carrying out our duties. Mm -hmm. So the duties of the church of any Christian are to uh, participate in these spiritual works of mercy, corporal works of mercy, 
um, so we can adopt those and earn a plenary indulgence for them this year. The recitation of the rosary in families or among engaged couples. This is another opportunity for these indulgences, right? And we could think of the rosary, right, as a prayer of Mary, but actually the rosary is a lot about St. Joseph too, um, especially the joyful mysteries. Uh, yep, yep, yep. There. Um, we can invoke the intercession of St. Joseph um, by praying prayers to him, particularly the ancient prayers of the litany uh, to St. Joseph in the Latin, in the Western tradition, or the akathistos to St. Joseph in the Byzantine tradition. Sorry to all of the Eastern listeners of the podcast that I just butchered <laughs> that word. Um, so there you have it. These are, these are the options um, for attaining that plenary indulgence, which is available this year, which is one of the means, again, like what's the point of the indulgence? The point of the indulgence is to, to refocus our prayer life and to recognize that spiritual merits, which are earned in this life, can be applied to those who need it um, in the next, towards the next, and that it belongs to the church to, uh, to dictate how this treasure of grace is bestowed. So the point is this treasure of grace, this font this power of God's love and his mercy is being opened in a special way under the character of St. Joseph. And we're invited to participate in it in the ways that I just mentioned. Um, so that's pretty dope. Yeah. All right. Now, real quick before the break, I want to, I want to get to like this kind of thinking about St. Joseph um, because in the history of the church, uh, Marian devotion is very ancient and is very clear, yeah. right? We have the declaration mm -hmm. of Mary, the mother of God, very early in the church. It's an important theological consideration. But uh, thinking about St. Joseph tends to be a more modern phenomenon ecclesiologically. So Father Joseph Anthony, could you say a couple words about, about that and what it means to talk about growing devotion to St. Joseph and kind of picking a pace in, uh, in the last, say, 200 years? Yeah, I think there's, there's a really um, beautiful example of God's providential hand um, that we can see that he's continually guiding history. And the reality is this present moment is part of history underneath the providential hand of God. And so we see that the um, devotion to St. Joseph really picks up um, like over the last 150 years, 150, 200 years, and particularly in the 20th century. And why is that? Because we see that there was an attack on the dignity of workers right? Mid 20th century, uh, there was an attack on, um, on families and, and the struggles of family life that were really particularly within the crosshairs, um, post-sexual revolution, and even to our present day. And um, the great saints, uh, you know, I, I would say, not necessarily beginning, but I would say like really finding their um, real expression beginning with St. Teresa of Avila, who had this extremely strong devotion to um, St. Joseph. And then that guy gets kind of rediscovered in, in the late um, 1800s and gets really emphasized. And so what we find is that um, St. Joseph then becomes this patron of the universal church by that decree. And in the mid 20th century, or I'm not, yeah, uh, not mid 20th century, but uh, he becomes this patron of the church and the entire um, life of the the body of Christ here on earth is re-entrusted to him just as the body of Christ in the incarnate word, the, the fruit of the womb of the Blessed Virgin, his spouse, was entrusted to him uh, in Nazareth. The, uh, the Holy Father entrusts the body of Christ, the mystical body, the church, back to St. Joseph's care. 
And because of that, the devotion to St. Joseph has taken on new life throughout the 20th century. And then we, like I said, we look at history, how it's kind of evolved and continued that St. Joseph has been an intercessor in, in, of deep need for us. As we go through these kind of um, struggles and problems throughout history, we see him as this great figure to intercede for us in those areas. Yeah, it may not seem at first glance evident why St. Joseph would be the patron of the church, right? The, you know, the sort of two things right. seem unrelated, but if, if, we, if we recognize that the Holy Family is, in fact, that first communion of, of believers, that, that first group that was, brawn together in that was brought together in service of the gospel, and even if we think that St. Joseph was the first one to whom, uh, to whom this promise of salvation was announced— Right um, when Joseph is told the name, uh, the name of Christ, um, e even in a way that's distinct from the way that that God makes His plans known to the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, we see the particular role that Joseph has, as you were saying, Father Joseph Anthony, for the custody of the Church um, mm -hmm. and for the responsibility of of sharing this this privileged information of salvation. Yeah, I think that's dead on. Like, and and to see that these ways, um, you know, as you also mentioned, the family. Um, the, what, what the nobility of work means to see, to, to see too, the way the church has been assaulted in the last 150 years um, is remarkable. And to recognize our great need uh, to turn to St. Joseph um, for his intercession, for his grace, for his blessing, uh, to, to preserve us uh, and to protect us. Um, so great. With that, let's take our short break. Um, and when we come back, we'll talk about Pope Francis' apostolic letter, Patris Corday. Um, we'll hit some highlights of that and then, uh, and then give you some direction, you know, some thoughts about what, what it would look like to cultivate a little bit of a personal devotion to St. Joseph. So what, what praying to him could look like in your own prayer life. All this and more when we get back. <laughs> This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. Well, welcome back. Um, if you're hearing this, you're still listening to God's Planning, you know, which is remarkable because you could be listening to anything. Uh, but but here you here you are listening to us, you know, making a making a choice to uh, to uh, you know put these Dominican friars on um, in your AirPods or your car or. Uh, however it is that you listen to us. Um, so that's kind of interesting, you know, good for you for doing a thing, you know, and listening to us. <laughs> yeah. That's we're, great. we're Thank proud you. of you. We're proud yeah, of we, you. We appreciate that. Um, so before the break, you know, we we're talking about the year of St. Joseph and, uh, and the significance, especially of St. Joseph's role as patron of the universal church. Uh, Pope Francis is called of, uh, of course, as we've been saying for our particular meditation, about St. Joseph. So here at this point in the episode, we want to go a little bit deeper and we want to, we want to look into some of these rich themes that Pope Francis has, uh, that Pope Francis has invited us to meditate on. So one of them is uh, the Holy Father calls St. Joseph a creatively courageous father. Father Joseph Anthony, when you, when you uh, hear this, uh, you know, what, what does this mean? Both, both was the Holy Father yeah. saying, and, and what do you, what do you think that this means that um, Pope Francis is acting us, uh, asking us to reflect on. I I love how Pope Francis uh, kind of structured his encyclical in these titles of Saint Joseph and these kind of like marking out the key kind of identifying points that speak to dare I even say Saint Joseph's personality, 
and he calls it this one phrase that that creative um creatively courageous uh father and seeing that he um he has this ability to be docile to the will of god right when the the will of god is made known to him in a dream he gets up immediately takes the holy family into um into egypt and the the holy father speaks about to be uh to imitate saint joseph is to hear the will of god but the fact that God himself never destroys our free will. He doesn't want us to become robots and to respond to the initiations of the Holy Spirit, to respond to that initiative and the promptings of the Holy Spirit takes creativity, right? The, it takes our ability to utilize the faculties that we have in very human ways and respond with creativity and with courage in that to imitate St. Joseph in protecting the, the child Jesus and protecting the Blessed Mother. And also then throughout their kind of hidden life of Jesus to supply for their needs, it took creativity and it took courage. And um, that those are two, two kind of attributes that are desperately needed in our world today. And we see them kind of uniquely combined in the life of St. Joseph, in the person of St. Joseph, but how much more do we need courage and creativity in our present day? And uh, to enter into the, the person of St. Joseph and enter into his life, but not being afraid to be courageously creative and not in, in responding to those promptings of the Holy Spirit and maybe stepping into new areas. Maybe it's stepping into new lands, like stepping into Egypt, but knowing that that kind of bold step and that kind of creativity um, is, is prompted by the Holy Spirit, but also guided by, by the Holy Spirit in those ways. I think it's here that we can think of St. Joseph. Another great title of his is that St. Joseph is the terror of demons. Yeah, and baby. Uh, you know, I, I think that we can we can only call St. Joseph the terror of demons because of his absolute trust, his his total confidence in the work that God has for him, right? So, so often people aren't willing to be creative because they're afraid. What if it doesn't oh, yeah. work? What if we mm -hmm. do something different? Yep. Um, and it's that fear that holds us back. But But St. Joseph's trust in the designs of God allows him to be fearless. And that's what makes him the terror of evil. Because evil wants us to be afraid, to think that things aren't going to work, to doubt the plans of God. Uh, but, but it's trust that allows St. Joseph's creativity and courage to flourish. Um, so, I so I think there's really something there to, to, to recognize this connection between a trust in God and, and a faithfulness on the part of the believer to God's plan and, uh, and the ability to respond. Well, you pick up on something that's just like, it's real subtle there, but the part of that trust is both confidence in God and a humility in himself, right? And this is like deep humility of saying like, okay, yeah, who am I to be the one uh, to, to have this uh, sinless virgin who's giving birth? Like, who am I? But the Lord continues to ask me to uh, step into that role. I... I'm confident that he's asking me of that. So then I respond with this kind of creative courage and not letting that fear get in the way, not letting those questions and doubts and say, this, this may not uh, be apparently clear to me, but I do, I have that trust and confidence that this is the will of God. 
And so I'm not going to let that fear paralyze me. And I'm going to respond and, and follow the Lord in his will in that way. So I think those are, uh, you know, kind of two little subtle areas when we talk about that trust that he has that eliminates the fear, which is paralyzing the fear, which is the number one weapon of the evil one. It's because he has confidence in who God is, but also he has a humility in who he is so that he can respond with this kind of total, uh, total response. Yeah. The angel of the Lord says to Joseph, do not be afraid. That's the, yeah. the foundation of Joseph's trust in God. Right. Oh. Uh, you know, we can think of how many times in our lives, right. Father Joseph Anthony, we heard John Paul II say to us as young people in the church, do not be uh -huh. afraid. How many times Pope Benedict has assured us that our faith is reasonable, that it is secure. How many times Pope Francis shows the beauty of the gospel um, to, to build us up and, and to say to us in his way to be not afraid. Um, you know, these are all, these are all the foundations of faith, and it's the message mm -hmm. that St. Joseph received directly from the angel and a message that we should be hearing as we think about St. Joseph, too. Um, another great title that we mentioned, right, is the, uh, the title of St. Joseph as a working father. Um, you know, we mentioned, of course, the crisis of labor and the, the rise of industry in the modern world. And what what work does um, when it's yeah. when it's poorly undertaken, you know, in, in the modern age, right? Work can just overtake us. Dostoevsky complains um, in Crime and Punishment, and I think in Notes of the Underground too, if I'm remembering correctly. I, I was just thinking of this because I was in the Charlotte Airport recently, which has like the lowest ceilings on God's <laughs> earth. It is so miserable. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people from so right. from from that region, but man, that airport is stunted with low ceilings. And Dostoevsky says low ceilings are not good for the soul, and that is the image of what what the modern what modern work does to us. How it just yeah. stunts us stunts us if we if we get if we get trapped by it because work is supposed to ennoble us and it's supposed to make mm -hmm. our souls bigger. And in work, we're supposed to find meaning, but it's not supposed to consume us. It's not supposed to trap us like low ceilings in Charlotte Airport. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what St. Joseph's role as, as, uh, as the working father can, can do mm -hmm. for us? Yeah. Before I go too far to, deep, I, want, I need to correct myself. It's an apostolic letter from the Holy Father, not an encyclical. I think I've been saying encyclical the entire time. So I don't want to, if you've been listening this far, like I need to uh, utter that correction there. Um, but when we look at St. Joseph as a working father, it, it calls to mind another title from his, uh, the litany of St. Joseph uh, in an older translation calls him the uh, patron of artisans. Mm. There's a beauty to art. And St. John Paul II would write about this, that the dignity of, of work comes from those who perform the work. The dignity of work is because it's done by human beings who are made in the image and likeness of God. And when we devote ourselves to that type of work, um, we can be, uh, proud of that because it is an expression of our participation in the image and likeness of God who himself creates. He creates from nothing. And when we uh, devote ourselves to that work, we are uh, participating in that great work of God himself. And that's, that's beautiful dignity and to not shy away from that. Right. And there are labor there. There is labor that happens on this earth and the work that we devote ourselves to can be dignified. It can be beautiful. It can be, um, you know, true art and things that most people would take for granted. And when we look at work that way in that it has a redeeming quality, 
because it takes us deeper into the identity of God himself. And we don't just look at it as uh, the humdrum of the day just to pay the bills and those types of things. But there's actually goodness into work being performed. And that's a, that's a kind of a slight distinction that we have to make and to not be then, just not be afraid of that. I think that we, we have a mechani- mechanistic approach it may be too utilitarian of this technical side of things. Well, I'm technically good at this, or this is technically easy for me to perform so that I can get money out of it. But to, to not be afraid of the type of work that uh, calls upon our creativity and to make that into a, a deepening of our union with God himself who, who worked and created so that our work that we perform is actually drawing us deeper into union with God himself. And you see that about what Joseph did as a carpenter and how he taught Jesus himself to be a carpenter and how he worked in the, in the workshop of Nazareth in there. So I, I love that idea because it does give a redeeming quality to uh, work, not just as occupation, but to uh, work as something beautiful and redeeming. Yeah, those ideas are absolutely key for Christians, right? To understand that any of our labors can be can be participations in the work of God, who himself is the creator. The first work that was done was creation. Um, you know, the kind of the kind of work that God did that mm-hmm. made the world to be. And we become co-creators with God insofar as we and knowingly and willingly uh, unite ourselves to God in our labors. Uh, because of our the gifts of our intellect and will, we're allowed to share this mm. this spirit of labor with God, um, and then and then secondly, you know, as you said, just that Christ Himself, the incarnate Word of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, did not disdain work. He that, he 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 was uh, entrusted to Joseph, and Joseph taught him carpentry, and and Jesus did carpentry, which is an incredible thing to think about, and this is this is why. Um, St. Joseph as worker is so very, is so very rich and why he's so very meaningful in Christian life. Yeah. I don't think we can overlook that, that fact at all. The fact that like Christ himself worked as a laborer and in that to not disdain that in any sense. So there's a great hiddenness though of St. Joseph too, right? Um, Like we, we think of all of the great quotes of St. Joseph in the scriptures it's a joke. There are not. There it is. Right? There it is. They're uh, done. <laughs> yeah. All right, Clef. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. He's got jokes. Um, Dad so St. Joseph had this reserved role, right? Uh, yeah. He was, uh, he, he was, he, he was not, um, not an evangelist in the sense that St. Joseph was not the learned man recording all the happenings of Jesus' life for us. Um, there was a really hidden quality to his life. And, in, and um, you know, this is demonstrated also, you know, not only did, does Joseph not have any quotes, not only did Joseph not write the story down for us, um, but there's also very little recorded about what Joseph was doing in all of those years at Nazareth, right? Um, you know, Jesus is uh, presented in the temple you know, when he's a new, when, when he, when he's a young, a very young baby, then there's a gap and Mary and Joseph find Jesus in the temple when he's 12. Okay. So we get one anecdote there about the finding of Jesus in the temple and then nothing until Jesus is a grown man. So we know that Joseph was with 
the Christ child for at least those 12 years. And then presumably Joseph dies sometime between Jesus's, uh, the finding of Jesus in the temple, which we think, you know, had happened there at his, at his younger, younger childhood. Uh, Joseph dies between that point and when Jesus begins his public ministry. There's a lot of time there and there's very little said about life in Nazareth. So father Joseph Anthony, what do you have to say about, um, St. Joseph as this, uh, as Pope Francis puts it, um, a father in the shadows. It's is, I think that's a most challenging aspect for me because, um, I love the spotlight, you know, I, I, I love, um, that kind of a very active and public role in <laughs> what we see in St. Joseph is he, he had none of that, but we see what he how he cared for Jesus and how he loved Jesus and what he did for Jesus uh, continued on throughout his life. And it's so much of our life as Christians and especially as priests and Dominicans is about quote unquote planting seeds. And I all, I'm always reminded of the fact that, you know, Joseph who loved Jesus dearly, loved Jesus like uh, any earthly father would never saw him in his public ministry. He never saw him preaching. He never saw the miracles. He was very much aware of the fact that this child was not his. It was God's. It, it, he is God, you know? Right, right. But he, he knows never saw, He knows that, but he never saw him act with that full power and never saw the healing, the mercy that he knew God, God intended from all eternity. Um, but that didn't stop him from devoting himself to this Christ child and caring for him and loving for him. Something else that uh, Pope Francis talks about is the fact that, you know, Jesus or, or Joseph was this expression of such fatherly love to Jesus on earth that allowed Jesus to continually stay uh, in that kind of father's embrace throughout his early life in that that prepared him for the earthly or the, the public ministry. And that there's so much that Joseph did teach him, you know, from uh, how to study, uh, you know, the um, the Jewish scriptures and, and the faith and how to pray uh, as a Jewish man was learned from St. Joseph. And then he shows what the fulfillment of those prayers looks like later on in his life. So, yes, Joseph is in the shadows and he may not be explicit in Jesus's public ministry. He may not show up at the wedding feast of Cana. He may not show up elsewhere in the miracles, but his thumbprints, if you will, are throughout Jesus's public life. And he's continually um, present in all of that because of, of his devotion in the, the hidden life there. So it always is an encouragement to me. Uh, and I look to St. Joseph to continually keep, keep me in check and keep my desires in check because it's like, no, um, you know, don't be afraid of those hidden moments. Don't be afraid of what nobody else will ever see because it will be, it'll be uh, apparent in, in the future. And it'll be, it's, it's, uh, apparent to God throughout, but that hidden life has such a deep impact and importance. So St. Bernadette says, if anyone cannot find a master to teach him how to pray, let him take this glorious saint as his master and he will not go astray. So this is St. Bernadette ex exhorting us to go to St. Joseph to, to really look to St. Joseph in our life of prayer. So Father Joseph Anthony, you know, in our final moments, do you have any prayers about St. Joseph or to St. Joseph that you would recommend that have been beneficial in your life or, or just that you think would be good for our listeners uh, to pray this year? 
Yeah, there, there are two. Um, I, okay, I'll do quick hits. I have three, sorry. First is the Litany of St. Joseph. Please, please, please pray the Litany of St. Joseph. You'll see these titles we've been talking about, and it really covers the entirety of, of Joseph's life. The second mm. is the prayer to Joseph for a happy death. Uh, there's really short prayers of you know St. Joseph who died in the arms of Jesus and Mary, intercede for me that I may have a peaceful and happy death as well. And then there's also a prayer um, to St. Joseph in a small book I have of, it's a prayer before receiving communion. And it talks about Joseph who not only had a chance to see and hear that God who many kings long to see and hear and, and queens and prophets long to, to speak of him and hear him speak. But here, St. Joseph, you who held him in your arms and kissed him tenderly with your own lips, may I receive that same child upon my lips with the devotion and love that you had for him. So those are my three top uh, St. Joseph prayers, but I could, I, I have more. Come on, let's face it. <laughs> Yeah, very beautiful. So I just want to leave our listeners with uh, with this last words um, from a prayer Pope Francis recommends. He said he found this this prayer in a in a French prayer book from a Congregation of the Sisters of Jesus and Mary, and he's been praying this prayer every day for over forty years. And this prayer ends with these words: "Blessed Joseph, to us to show yourself a father, and guide us in the path of life. Obtain for us grace, mercy, and courage." and defend us from every evil. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we want to thank you for turning in again, turning in, tuning in. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, turn it up, turning up. We want to thank you for turning up, uh, God's planning, you know, for tuning into God's planning. We're grateful you listen. We're grateful for all of those who support the show already, um, especially on our Patreon page. You can go there if you're interested in joining the uh, great friends of the podcast who have supported our ministry. Um, we're continuing to grow and we appreciate that. The people listen to podcasts because you recommend it to them. Uh, people listen to us because you recommend us to them. You know, there's lots of things, as I joked before, that you could listen to. But uh, please like and share the podcast on your social media or text it to a friend, um, especially this episode, if you think there's someone who could benefit from going um, in devotion to St. Joseph. Uh, please know of our prayers for you and let us pray for one another this year, especially through the intercession of St. Joseph. Amen. Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.